you may be hungry for that role and you just want the seat. So you're like, oh, I'm a chameleon. I can be whatever you need me to be. Just put me in. It ends up being short-sighted both for yourself and for the organization that you're joining. And that's unfortunate. Know this, wherever you are on your personal and professional leadership journey, you can take your game to the next level. Welcome to Training Camp for Leaders with Archie L. Jones Jr., the podcast that will help you dream bigger and pursue your goals more confidently. Hey, leaders. Today's guest is Irma Srivastava, someone I've known for several years. In fact, when we first met, she was just starting to think about board service and came to me for some guidance. She now serves on the boards of several companies, including HealthAid. You know the kombucha brand? This conversation is a great opportunity for you to hear someone talk through their board journey from disappointing experiences to finding the perfect fit. Irma also shares how she learned to lean into her superpower, gained the confidence to form new connections, and incorporated her culture in her board service. As always, you can look forward to my three key takeaways at the end of the episode. Let's go. Hey, Irma. Hey, hey, how are you, Archie? I'm doing great. Good to see you. You're good seeing you as well. Always, always. How are things going since I've seen you last? Um, They're going fantastic. Going fantastic. I'm gearing up for this new board position that I'll uh, be going out for my first board meeting. So, you know, I'm in that learning phase where they've, you know, given me lots of documents. (laughs) (laughs) The onboarding uphill climb starts. Yeah. All right. We're going to start easy on where did we meet? Want to make sure we get a plug in for class of 2018 of, of Leadership Atlanta. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we met through Leadership Atlanta and we are fortunate to have had that connection. And I think one of the remarkable things about Leadership Atlanta is the opportunity you get to meet people that you aren't otherwise going to meet um, because you come from different walks based on your career, your passions, whatever brought you to where you are today. Um, But you share this common context of the city of Atlanta. And um, that's what brought us loosely together. Um, But then I really feel fortunate that one of our classmates from um, the 2018 class more specifically called out, hey, Irma, if that's what you're interested in doing, you should really reach out to Archie. And um, of course, I don't, it doesn't take me more than once to say, hey, let me reach out. (laughs) But the great thing is, is that you, Archie, were like, yeah, uh, that would be great. Let's connect. Um, let's have lunch. And, you know, that I think was the start of what now has become um, a great journey in terms of our relationship, our friendship, and then also intersecting um, professional journeys related to, to board service. 
Here, here. No, it was fantastic. It's the it's the beauty of a, a network through Leadership Atlanta, best damn class ever. Um, that then led to more specific and, like you said, personal um, let's get together, specifically as you were thinking about how to get on your first board, how to even think about board service. And it was my great pleasure to serve as a little bit of a coach or just spending some time sharing with you Here's the benefit of my experience thus far, and hoping that can help you. I didn't have fully formed at that time the five C's in leadership capital, but I think you and I probably worked through a lot of them just getting to know each other and thinking about how to best position you for a board role. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that that idea of connection can't be understated. And it's only because you have the core capabilities and that that person, in this case, when I was reaching out and connecting with you, you you then were like, oh, well, I see all of these ways in which I can connect Irma to those in my network or possibilities. And that led to conversations with a PE firm um, on a board that you were already serving that then led to interviews and my first for-profit board assignment. And that was a phenomenal experience, both in terms of the journey getting to that board role, and then also the learning and the capability development that continues in many ways once you're in that board seat. You got to go through governance training camp before there was such a thing as governance training camp. You were in some ways, the inaugural member, if not the the guinea pig, so to speak. What do you remember from uh, from our first getting together to talk about specifically on uh, board service, but it still was a leadership journey, leadership capital journey even. What do you remember from uh, our early days and throughout? It's like eons. It's eons. <laughs> well, what I'd say, there are a couple of things that I really recall is um, – I think I was hungry for a job description. I was like, okay, now I'm on the in the boardroom. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I felt fortunate that I had a friendly face in the boardroom in the context, uh, like, because you also um, sat on, on that board. But the reality is that there is no job description. Mm. Actually, I shouldn't say there's no job description. I do think that this isn't um, related to private uh, company board service versus public board. Um, there's more of a, a routine, and, and you would know better than I because I'm still uh, looking and aspiring to public company board. But um, I think that threw me off. I, I think that that was like, wait, I'm used to being told, okay, here's what you're supposed to do, and then I figure out what you do and then over deliver on it. Like that's just how, and, and I was like, well, no, here I'm looking to see where there's a need and what value I can offer that they would be coming to seek from me. And it's much more relational. So that, that communication skill that you call out also, I think is, is just so critical because you can't underestimate the importance of establishing positive working relationships with all constituents, the peers in the boardroom, the leadership team of the company, 
possibly deeper down in the company, depending on how you're being engaged and in what function and what areas in order to to drive impact. And so there was a, there was definitely a new way of operating. And, and I can't understate that for those who are shifting from their operating roles into board service, the impact you can make, it's it's much more nuanced. And mm. I, I, I really think that that word is is the perfect way in which to to describe it. I just am excited about this program and your podcast and and the opportunity to to let other people know that you're going to go through a journey. You're going to feel like, oh, you don't really know, but you you get there um, because um, through keeping these lessons that you shared with me along the way in regards to, you know, just reach out to the CEO, see what they need. Like I remember that and and. It felt uncomfortable to me. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe I just show up to the meetings. I was like, that's not the kind of leader I am. I don't, and I, I don't like that. And I don't want to be like that. And I feel fortunate to have had a friend in the boardroom, um, a friendly face. And I, I would recommend that for everyone. If, if you have someone already coming in, but even if you don't, then develop that kind of connection. And, and that I think has been instrumental to me in my board position since the one that that we were on together, I feel like I um, belong, you know, and and that is exciting to me. And I want others to feel that as well. And so to the degree that I can help, you know, directly because of my experiences and share those with people through one-on-one conversations and networks, I think it's just important to always be paying it forward and um, and you don't know when or who you'll get that opportunity to do it with. It, it all works. Listeners, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The answer is in your network. Every connection you make can turn into a new opportunity. But once you make that connection, you need to have something to offer, right? You need to communicate what you can bring to the boardroom. You need to know your superpower. Well, Irma discovered hers during her long tenure at a little-known beverage brand. What brought me to Atlanta originally was joining the Coca-Cola company. I spent almost um, 20 years in various marketing and sales roles um, at uh, Coca-Cola. That was, you know, really phenomenal in regards to honing what you call out as capability and what I see as my superpower and that really as a deeply experienced brand strategist. Mm. And I love that. And I can tell when I am working with a brand and getting to the essence of what that brand is and what it can do. And once I realize that about myself, that's what engages me in conversations when I'm talking with my network and or with companies, um, not just in relation to a job, but then as I was exploring board service and what would matter for companies. So that is a critical component of it. After my time at the Coca-Cola company, I transitioned to the American Cancer Society. And here I had the opportunity to build a modern marketing organization. It was 
fantastic experience. Many people always ask, how do you go from Coca-Cola to the American Cancer Society? But at the end of the day, causes like the American Cancer Society need to be able to break through with consumers. They need to get people to stop smoking, go get their colonoscopies, and donate to their cause in order to continue to fund cutting-edge research. And it was phenomenal to shift that same superpower into a different avenue. From there, I went on to Ronstadt, largest global HR solutions company, and um, leading marketing and communications for their organization. And so getting closer with the whole people part of corporate America. Again, there I pushed in really on the digital marketing front and being part of the leadership team in a global organization. And those are the kinds of skills that I gained alongside my superpower as I was then next looking at board service. And um, and that's where I've been continuing to consult since I left Ronstadt, brand strategy, um, advising CMOs, CEOs, and boards around marketing, um, strategy, brand development, while at the same time searching uh, out and joining um, currently two boards, private PE-backed company boards. I love the idea, and our, our aspiring leaders and listeners uh, hopefully are taking good note on the fact that your superpower travels with you and translates and transforms across sectors. You went from Coca-Cola Company to American Cancer Society, so for-profit to non-profit to, to Ronstadt on the corporate side again, and then uh, even into board service and into entrepreneurial venture. Uh, that really knowing your superpower and leveraging that, uh, it's not a superpower for kind of each different instance or each different circumstance. That is your superpower. And then thinking about how to apply that and leverage that across those areas is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things I'd add is it's a superpower partly because of the impact that you know you can drive when you leverage it, but it's also the context of it brings you joy. You get jazzed. You get excited when you are doing that kind of work and directly and or even advising or asking questions about it. And that's what I've really enjoyed in the boardroom is that you get you get the opportunity to bring that to bear in an organization where maybe they have some blind spots around it. Maybe they don't. And you're just helping to reinforce the fact that they're doing great at it. And um, that's, that is when I think you have a situation where one plus one equals three um, in regards to the seat that you get the opportunity to sit in and drive value. Now, when we got together a couple of years ago, we were started to talk about a what I call a professional director, right? So starting a paid director journey, uh, getting on boards that are paying you. But you had board service before then. Tell me about your board service before then. Because I a lot of people think about this as you're just going to start from a standing stop. But you've been, you've been adding value in different kinds of boardrooms before then. Yeah, I've, I've really uh, loved board service. And I found on the nonprofit side, the space of education is dear to me. Early in my career, I had the opportunity um, to be on the board of the Children's Museum in Atlanta. That led to junior uh, achievement of Georgia being on their board. 
And then with the independent school that my children attended, um, being on their board and moving into shifting into um, governance chair, I was getting real skills and perspective because the relational communication pieces, I didn't realize those are the skills that I was developing and those roles transcend to um, what you call professional board service for for-profit company board service. There's a different dialogue happening inside the boardroom, of course, but the idea of influencing and asking and advising and not directing are things I had the fortune of learning along the way um, through my nonprofit board service as well. I often recommend that aspiring directors start by serving on a nonprofit board. It's a great way to get used to boardroom culture and you get to give back to your community. Now, Irma, how did you get comfortable leaning, really leaning into your superpower? Because so often the safest place to be is more of a generalist. So I know brand strategy is is the superpower and the thing that gets you excited and that you excel at, but you're a high performer in some other areas. How do you think about getting more specific on, I'm going to focus in on this one versus the other things that I'm still pretty good at and maybe even get paid for as well? Right. No, it's a, it, that's a great question. And it is a, a major watch out, I think, um, for people both in their careers, operating roles, as well as when you shift into exploring board service because you may be hungry for that role and you just want the seat. So you're like, oh, I'm a chameleon. I can be whatever you need me to be. Just put me in. It ends up being short-sighted both for yourself and for the organization that you're joining. And that's unfortunate. And I had that experience in my first board role where I was just so hungry for getting on that board that I don't know if I appreciated the fact that, oh, you know what? They're not really committed to investing against marketing for this company mm. and or bringing on independent board directors. So there wasn't a transparency in sharing information. You know, I was in the boardroom. However, I wasn't really engaged. And that ended up being, frankly, a lame experience um, and short-lived. Um, for for both sides. And so you don't gain anything by engaging in things that aren't really aligned to what you're great at. And it is hard because every time you're standing up for a point of view, that means you're saying no implicitly before somebody even meets you to all these other things. I was like, gosh, you know what? If I could just get in there, I'm sure that they'll see the value and what I am really, really great at. But that's that's not how it, how it works. And it ends up being dissatisfying for everyone involved. I love that because there's a little bit of selection that needs to happen on both sides. Right. To your point, you're you're often spending so much time trying to get picked that you're not uh, doing the selection or doing the screening of saying, does this organization be it at a board role or any other leadership role, really need my superpower, right? Is this the place that I can really best deliver on and best express my superpower? After a disappointing first experience, Irma learned to lean into her branding superpower and find a board that would let her use it. 
Through her connections at Coca-Cola, she found an opportunity on the Board of Health Aid and took advantage of it. I'll tell you what, I got it full force. I jumped into this next one and there were some legal issues going on. And so we were having calls at all hours. We transitioned um, from founder led to a new professional CEO, like all within the first quarter. And, And so there was a ton going on. I was deep in it. And I'll tell you what, it was energizing and it was exciting. It wasn't a drag. It's not about the number of hours you spend on something. It's how impactful the work is. So it's been fantastic. I was smarter and it's a dynamic, it's a competitive category and some really great work being done and being able to be in the boardroom is really awesome career opportunity. Now there's, there's something powerful that happens as you just touched on when when the company or the organization can leverage and truly leverage your superpower, which sounds like that board certainly did and let you lean in. If I got it right, the most recent board that you've joined also rang the cultural bell as well. You got not only to lose your, use your superpower, but, but had a cultural connection as well. Tell us about that one. I'm just now joining um, They See Fresh Foods. And this one is really interesting because It's a food and beverage company that's focused on taking Indian, South Asian foods to the mainstream uh, marketplace. Mm. And so for me, being of Indian descent, it's like exciting to have that perspective and embarking on, okay, how do we want to think about this product um, portfolio and taking it to a mainstream marketplace and the retail conversations that we'll be having um, in order to get placement and or product innovation and, you know, the brand messaging and all of the things that I love to do. And also adding, like you mentioned, uh, my own personal um, cultural lens, it makes it just even more fun. And um, in some ways you just don't know what could great could be until you get out there and you start talking. And I was like, oh, I never thought there could be something like that, that connected on this professional context, as well as leveraged my personal context. And it makes it even more exciting. Sounds like you really found your sweet spot on that one. Now, as you all know, you have to bring more to the boardroom than just your capability. Remember those other four C's? In Irma's case, culture was the other asset that she brought with her, and it helped her thrive in her new role. I am blessed, I feel, to have had this upbringing as an American with Indian cultural roots, and I don't know if I really appreciated that's who I was along the way, And at certain points earlier in my career, I almost felt like there was a double life. Mm. You know, at home, my family would call me Irma. um, But in the work world outside, it was Irma. And it was to that degree that I'm like, oh, how do you walk that? And we're in a different place today. And as people, as leaders, we can gain so much by more broadly understanding all elements of the people we're working with and the consumers that we're seeking to connect 
our products or services to. And that I think is really, it's helped me be able to appreciate the importance of that and how I can represent that both, not just specifically around my culture, but more importantly in regards to thinking about what are really the needs of our ultimate consumer or customer holistically, because that will really matter. Um, and, and, I, and I like having that voice um, in my corporate or boardroom settings. Yeah. Take me through, you know, the unique, maybe some of the unique things, uh, from a leadership capital standpoint that, that women bring to bear or want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it, it can be along gender lines. It can be around ethnicities. Um, I feel like, um, components of myself are driven by that immigrant value mindset that I grew up with. And so that implicitly has a male-driven, um, male chauvinist kind of um, ethos to it, um, unfortunately. Um, that being said, um, education, which capability, as you call out, nobody can take that away from you. And sometimes you're investing more time and effort in that capability development as a uh, minority as a woman, but then you've got the confidence and that confidence, I think, allows you to be able to show up in the various settings that you need to. I have been fortunate to have worked in environments where I feel like there was that component of meritocracy if you could get in the room. And sometimes I would say that getting in the room took more because you weren't naturally as inclined to understand how you got in the room yeah. um, in the large corporate settings. And I think that that's part of the nature of board service that people perceive. But the reality is, is that people like yourself, people like myself are in the boardrooms. There's board service at all different levels. And not to say you and I don't and couldn't be at the on the Coca-Cola board, but that felt so far removed when I would correlate that to board service. Yeah. But there are various levels of companies that need the kind of capability um, and connections. And um, I'm trying to think if I can remember all of them. Communication skills <laughs> and the culture insight that we would bring to their, their boards and ultimately to their companies and their employee base by virtue of that role. And um, I feel um, fortunate to have opened my aperture to this consideration and, and what it entails. Well, I love how you're, you know, you're describing almost building blocks there of, you know, it comes down to confidence is key, um, if not supreme in the conversation, but you build that through some of those other C's, right? That confidence in your superpower and and being comfortable to lean in almost exclusively to it to, you know, exclude some other opportunities. And then you, what you just described sounded like cultural confidence to me of knowing who you are and knowing the unique sets of things that come from your background. I love you talking about leveraging something that some folks may think of as a liability, uh, an immigrant background, um, and turning that into an asset that 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 hard working, get it done no matter what, almost entrepreneurial uh, view that comes along with an immigrant background, I think is fantastic. 
Irma has certainly gained a lot of confidence over the years, but that doesn't mean she's got it all figured out. And in some ways, that's a good thing. What's your favorite leadership quote? Um, I have always been taken by Gandhi and his leadership lessons. And um, the one that resonates is really be the change you wish to see in the world. Um, it's not for me to just talk about. It's for me to do what I think you know needs to be done. And I like that. I think there's an element in all of us um, that we can make a difference be the change you wish to see in the world. Don't just talk about it, be about it. And you certainly have done that both on the nonprofit side, the corporate side of things, now in governance. Um, one of my favorites uh, talks about the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Mm. What's the treasure you seek and what's the cave that uh, that's potentially holding you back or, or at least giving you pause as you make progress towards it? Oh, that's a good quote. Um, I think there's this component of um, purpose that's hard to define, you know, um, for each of us in our life. And so I want to make sure that I'm creating what I call a, um, a eulogy life. Mm. And I've done, uh, I feel confidence in what I would call my resume life, but what is my bigger purpose? And that's still evolving. And I love that. And it excites me, but it's also daunting because it's hard to define and that's okay. I just have to be open to it and continue to being the change that I want to see in the world. And it'll figure itself out if I'm mindful of it. And some of that work that we do related to our resume life prepares us more to lean in harder on the values that matter and the impact we want to make in today's world. And that, I think, is scary being in that place where you're not sure, you know what I mean, what that is and how you're going to do it. Yes. But the first step is recognizing that that's important to you. But how you're going to do it, I think, is is different. That pursuit of purpose and that exploration that it takes to get there uh, is filled with interesting and scary caves. So best of luck on that. Uh, what parting words would you have or key salient lessons for our aspiring leaders and listeners? These may sound trite, but believe in yourself. Mm. It's so easy to just say that. But as you're venturing into some new spaces, it's hard sometimes to believe and and believe in yourself, know you can do it, and and then continue to grow, develop, and then share your story and feel confident in that share and listen to what you can do and how you can help them. And that virtuous cycle is just going to be unbelievable. You don't know where it's going to lead you. And being open to that, I think, is very exciting. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a curveball here. Leadership capital as it ties to being a mom and parenting. Can that be helpful or applied at all in, in trying to raise healthy, happy, well-adjusted individuals? It, it most definitely can. I think it's an aspiration as I think about as myself as a parent. 
How do I embed these skills, the, this way of thinking and approach um, with my children and or other youth that I get the opportunity to influence? Because it's a great way in which to, to live as a student. Um, you're focused on your capability development, figuring out what you enjoy, what you're doing, and then where, what cultures, where do you want to take that skill? Youth today oftentimes don't feel comfortable sharing their story. Mm. Kids, you know, socially can all hang out, but this is more intentional. And and learning that at an earlier age, I think, can only be beneficial. There you go. Now for my three key takeaways. Number one, when you're ready to move on to a new stage in your career, the first step is to reach out to people. Take my relationship with Irma as an example of the power of connections. Number two, have the confidence to lean into your superpower and communicate it when looking for new opportunities. You'll be more likely to find a position that will motivate and excite you. Number three, not every board position will be a slam dunk or a perfect fit. That's okay, as long as you learn from the experience. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to Training Camp for Leaders with Archie L. Jones Jr. so you don't miss out on new episodes. Also rate and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you are a leader or aspiring to be one, visit archieljonesjr.com. There you can pre-order my book, The Treasure You Seek, a guide to developing and leveraging your leadership capital and connect directly with me. If you want to learn more about Next Gen Coach Network Governance Training Camp and the work we do, visit our website at nextgencoachnetwork.com. That's spelled N-X-G-E-N, coachnetwork.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Training Camp for Leaders with RTL Jones Jr. is produced by Next Gen Coach Network and Human Group Media. <laughs>